0: Are you Gus's son? I'm Owen.
1: You shower curtain fella?
0: Yeah, yeah, Del Griffin. How are you? This is Neil Page from Chicago. Hi. Pleased to meet you both. <coughs> I'm to drive you to Wichita to catch a train? Yeah, we'd appreciate it. Train don't run out of Wichita. Hmm? Less than you're a hog or a cattle people train runs out of st- stub, Bill. That'll be fine. That'll be just fine. Oh. Now, leave it be. Get your lazy behind out here and put that trunk up in the back. Oh, no, no, the work, we've got it. It's very heavy. She don't mind. She's short and skinny, but she's strong. Her first baby, come out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing isn't that something
1: you're a real trooper we've got it we've got it already it's done
0: (laughs) recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world this is the bubble genius Bob and Chez show right on with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza
1: hi I'm Nancy Pelosi
2: lifelong democrat and speaker of the house
0: and I'm Newt Gingrich lifelong republican
3: and I used to be speaker
1: we don't always see eye to eye Do we, Newt?
3: No, but we do agree our country must take action to address climate change.
1: We need cleaner forms of energy, and we need them fast. If enough
3: of us demand action from our leaders, we can spark the innovation we need.
1: Go to WeCanSolveIt.org. Together, we can do this. The
0: following podcast contains harsh language, nudity, graphic violence, adult situations, and a healthy obsession with empirical reality. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. Thanksgiving, my, my favorite Thanksgiving movie
3: of all time is right there, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles.
4: Yours and a lot of other people. That uh, that Pelosi and Gingrich thing is like the world's most uncomfortable Academy Award presentation.
3: <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. Newt with just this, well, they both have just that plastered on smile, and,
0: <laughs>
3: and when Newt says... <laughs> No, we don't, Nancy. It's just like he's just, he's belting that out between his teeth because he knows he's getting a big old paycheck from Al Gore. Because that was, uh, we, we Can Solve It is uh, is Al Gore's thing. It went along with uh, the release of An Inconvenient Truth. A whole series of commercials. I think there was, there was one with Reverend Al and some other wingnut guy.
4: <laughs> they, Did they, do, do they go out and find, like, seriously, like the, the the opposite ends of the spectrum for each of those commercials? So, was it like Reverend Al and Byron Della Beckwith or something like that? <laughs>
0: right.
3: <laughs> hey, it's the uh, Bubble Genius Bob and Ches show uh, brought to you exclusively by BubbleGenius.com. I'm Bob. I'm uh, Chess. Uh, we got a, a gigantic show this week. Almost too many things to, uh, to talk about uh, as the uh, Republican primary uh, ramps up.
4: We should Short. just kill the entire show uh, by trying to come up with things to say the way Herman Cain did during that interview. Just not actually say anything, just kind of stutter and stammer. and That'll work.
3: That's right. Well, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, Herman Cain's massive, supermassive brain fart this week. And it seems like every week, isn't it? We, every week we get a, a just a colossal, supermassive, uh, like black hole style brain fart from one of these. Republican yeah, but by of-
4: brain fart, you're you're intimating that that isn't the way he normally is, <laughs> right. that that's some sort of rare occurrence, like it's a, you know, a singularity in space or something.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 a couple of things, and it shows exactly what's wrong with some of these candidates. It's now I'm going to play the audio here in a second of of Herman Cain's big massive brain fart on Libya.
4: Oh, no, please don't!
3: And uh, well, no, I've got I, I've got a I've got a great I've got a great point to make with it, but we'll get <laughs> to that in a second. Uh, what it does it not only speaks to. Him and the other candidates, Rick Perry and so on, who have also had these kinds of brain farts, their inability to talk about serious issues. But it also just shows their their nature of being just completely out of their depth. They're just totally out of their depth on the national stage. They're just not ready to do the most basic of political things like reciting talking points.
4: Yeah. The cliche is they're not ready for prime time. Not even close. And, and what's worse is that instead of accepting that, and, you know, and you don't have to be, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to let it beat you up, but to sort of arrogantly flaunt your ignorance, your provincialism, which is the, uh, you know, I think it's something, I think I wrote this on the blog this week. It's something that, that uh, Sarah Palin started, and it's it's as if such a thing were imaginable. It's gone downhill since. That is the way to uh, to respond to your own idiocy now is to just, flaunt. you got it, flaunt it. That's right,
3: and you know what? They almost—they're at the point now where they're proud of it, where they're—they're they're fundraising exactly. off of it, you know. And here's—you know—let's play the audio before we get too deeply into it. Here's Herman Cain w- asked about uh, Libya by oh, I forget the name of the newspaper. No, yeah, it it's uh, Milwaukee. M- Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, I think it was. And and here's—and I've also added something into this tape. Okay. You can actually drive a semi-tractor trailer through the pauses in this tape. I'll show you. Here's the audio.
0: So you agreed with President Obama on Libya or not?
2: Okay, Libya. There's a truck. President Obama (laughs) supported the uprising, correct? President Obama called for the removal of Gaddafi. Just want to make sure we're talking about the same thing before I say yes. I
4: agree. I
3: I yeah. We're talking about Libya, Herman. Libya. What happened in things that
4: are positive?
3: Go (laughs) things that just happened like yesterday. Go.
2: No, I didn't agree. Um, I do not agree with the way he handled it for the following reason. Um, no, that's that's a different one. Another um, truck. I got to go back and see uh,
3: another truck driving. I have
2: through. all this stuff twirling around in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Specifically,
3: if you listen carefully, you can hear the gears just gnashing. The gears. Just fall like big, it's,
4: big flywheels coming off the hinges. Right? It's that. It's that. That uh, ancient. Um, uh, the thing that they play on comedy, uh, the comedy bit that they play on uh, on talk radio all the time with Casey Kasem talking about uh, is Don on the phone. Let's, we're coming out of the record now. Okay, we're coming out. Okay, let's wait. You got to go back. I got to talk about a fucking dog dying. <laughs> and where were those pictures I was supposed to see? Where is Don on the phone? Where are those pictures I was supposed to see? <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's a story about a little dog named Snuggles. Little dog named Snuggles, right. But that's it. He's like, okay, we're coming out of the record. Okay, all right. I'm telling you, you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man. Oh, my God,
3: yeah. So the pauses are are gigantic enough that you can drive a truck through them. That's Ooh. exactly what's going on here. Uh, and you could also tell there was a one point... That was, I thought
4: that was driving through the space between his ears.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Here's a little more, because, again... We don't want to overlook the content of what he's saying. We talked about this with Rick Perry last week. He, you know, he just blanked out on those three cabinet-level departments he wants to eliminate. And we're focused on the fact that he couldn't think of the third one and completely overlooking the fact that he wants to eliminate three cabinet- cabinet-level departments. So here's, here's the continuation of Herman Cain just completely blanking out.
2: Why did you ask me did I agree or not disagree
3: with Obama?
0: I was asking if you agree... Craig was asking me about the Bush foreign
3: policy, so I was taking a specific example from the Obama administration that was controversial
0: within his own administration on what he should have done or not done, and I was wondering if you agreed with what he did or if you would have responded differently. Um, you know, it's an issue that's come up since you've been
3: running for office, and, and I was wondering how you would Here, have handled here's it. Here's
2: what I would have I would have done a better job of determining who the opposition is. And I'm sure that our intelligence people had that had some of that information. Based upon who made up that opposition, okay. Based upon who made up that opposition, um, might have caused me to make some different decisions about how we
4: participated. Secondly,
3: okay, all right, that's enough of that. You know, I don't know what the hell wow. he was trying to say there. I mean, this he is a sells guy.
4: pizza. He fucking sells pizza.
3: He put the meat under the cheese. Right, I that's put, what I he put did. the
4: meat under the cheese. Put exactly, under the
3: cheese, and, that's and then it. and then
4: the cheese goes on top of the meat. And then sometimes, sometimes <laughs> we put a little bit of cheese inside the crust, and that makes it different.
3: Oh, God, just completely out of his depth. Has has no yeah, business. No, he, he has no business being out there. But you know, yeah. and,
4: it, and the and the arrogance that that it's okay. That, you know, I mean, I'm sure that at some point we were going to get to the fact that he said that uh, you don't really need to know anything about foreign policy to run for president.
3: Yeah, that's that, what he said. That, it's, in fact, that was just almost exactly what he said. He said, quote, I'm not supposed to know anything about foreign
4: policy. Just and just wouldn't you say just putting that out there or something like that?
3: Yeah, yeah. Just thought I'd throw that out. That's what he said. Yeah.
4: I'm not you, supposed to You know where not- you
3: can throw that, Herman? <laughs>
4: Unbelievable. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's just it's depressing.
3: Who says what, what said, okay, now, because Herman has said that he's, not, he's not supposed to know anything about – he's not supposed to know. I almost slipped into an Italian accent there. Mm. He's not supposed to know anything about uh, foreign policy that, oh, okay, well, I guess he's not. Uh, why bother asking him anything? Anything that a president could possibly need to know about. Never Was mind. Was it
4: you, by the way, who made the really good point or, or uh, the, on your site about um, – How hard people came down on Obama, obviously, if you remember, which wasn't all that long ago for his lack of experience with this, that and the other. Mm -hmm. And now it just seems it seems like it's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, as usual, uh, mentioning the hypocrisy from the right is ridiculous. So I almost want to slap myself for even bothering to say it. It's like, of course, of course, they're going to be hypocritical. Who gives a shit?
3: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, what it comes down to with uh, with Libya, and of course, Newt Gingrich made a similar mistake. Is they're just trying to determine exactly the opposite of whatever the president's doing. So if if the president, you know, what they'll do is before the president acts, they'll throw something out there. And this is Newt Gingrich did this uh, with Libya. He said, you know, what we ought to do is set up a no fly zone over Libya and get in there and get involved, and then eventually put boots on the ground. And then as soon as President Obama participates in this NATO coalition to support the opposition in Libya, to oust Gaddafi, suddenly newts all about, you know, I I, I think we're going too far. Hold on a second here. We shouldn't be no, doing anything. No, not any- just
4: that. He, he said, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't it, have done it, that. Was, it was an honest to God, like, forget what I said three seconds ago. Yeah. That's exactly right. You, you wrote a great post about that. He completely reversed
3: himself within the course of about 16 days, which actually for Republicans is a pretty long span of time. Sometimes these guys reverse themselves in the same sentence.
4: Oh, yeah. They're shameless enough now to the point where, you know, it's like they're like little kids who they constantly keep pushing their parents to see what they can get away with. And the more you let them get away with, obviously, the more they're going to do. And, yeah, it's gotten to the point now where it's like, shit, these people aren't even noticing. They're going to support us no matter what. So, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll I will I will with I will, within a span of a minute and a half, go back completely, contradict myself completely on something I said just a second ago. Yeah.
3: So this is this is a case with Libya where the Republicans really don't know where to turn. They don't know how to uh, wrap their chiclet brains around this thing. And so what they do is they end up getting flummoxed and confused and. Their, their positions end up becoming very, very nuanced where they're just they're trying to squeeze in a place in a in a series of events that is just so tiny that they, they so th- therefore they have to come up with things like I would have determined what the opposition was. And I'm sure we knew what the opposition was, but I would have determined what the opposition was before doing anything. So we want to find out, what, so what, what does that even mean? It becomes so minuscule that it makes no sense whatsoever. And so they end up getting themselves right. all wrapped around themselves, and they can't figure out where they Because what the president did with regards to Libya was exactly right. I mean, it was exactly right. No matter how you slice it, no matter where you are in the political spectrum, this is exactly how. This is what the president talked about uh, during the campaign. In fact, long before he even announced while the, the build up to the Iraq war was happening, President Obama is famously quoted as saying, I'm not against wars, I'm against dumb wars, and Iraq is a dumb war. But what he did here was engage in something that was super smart. It, it cost a fraction of what Iraq cost. We, we didn't lose a single American life in the process. And ultimately what happened is exactly what happened in Iraq. you can going to have a, regi- a regime change. You're going to have a guy knocked out. You know, another one of these uh, dictatorial strongmen knocked out of the Middle East. The consequences are as good as you can expect from what happens in the Middle East. I mean, we still don't know exactly how everything is going to turn out there. But as far as, you know, deciding who our enemies and who our friends are going to be, well, we'd rather not have Qaddafi over there. And you know we're in there now. We're in there now advising the opposition in terms of building a government and so on. We're not going to let that – we're not going to leave that up to chance. So this is yeah. exactly what should have happened. So how do, you come up with a, how do you come up with an idea that's the opposite of something that was
4: totally successful? But it's not just that. You're, what I was going to say is, yeah, you're, you're definitely onto something because I think that when you combine a lack of knowledge of, of basically anything – With, as you said, an attempt to sort of fit um, to nuance yourself into a really tiny, tiny place where, you know, a you're not going to be uh, you're not going to be doing what Obama does. You're not you're not going to to give sort of tacit approval to anything that he's done. And you're not going to take crap for it from any, uh, you know, I guess for the Republicans, it would be uh, uh, any uh, sort of facet of the right wing media. Who, You know, obviously, they all jump down their throats when you combine those two things. Uh, the end result is basically, I mean, it's a lethal combination. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You just can't shoehorn an opposition position into that. It just, unless you're, a, you know, I could see uh, some uber pacifists on the far left saying, well, now, or like a, like a Ron Paul kind of guy saying, you know, we just, we should be completely isolationist and not even get involved overseas. But otherwise, there's no other position. If you're a right wing war hawk, The only position is the position that we ended up taking. Or I guess you could say, you know, I guess you could say, well, we should have put troops on the ground there and we should have gotten engaged like we did in Iraq, you know, because that was so successful. Now, that's the only place they could have been. And they can't really say that. I mean, because, you know, the the American attention span is short, but it's not it's not, you know, completely ignorant. We're going to remember what happened in Iraq. So they can't really take that position
4: they can't allow obama any credit any successes yeah. period you know and i i think that a lot of it is specific to obama but certainly in a general way it's it's any democrat you know or anyone who isn't a republican they can't allow that person to be able to take any credit for anything period so You know, I think you and I have talked about this before, that when you break it down for all of the hypocrisy and all of the back and forth, the Republican state of mind is actually incredibly easy to determine, which is just whatever Obama says, it's the opposite. Obama's always wrong. The president is always wrong, period. It's that it's that easy.
3: Yeah, that's right. And so it's clear that the person they're going to nominate is going to be whoever most uh, vociferously uh, underscores their dislike of the president. I mean, that, that's right. who they're going to go with. It doesn't matter. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't matter what their positions are. And that, that's why you see Newt Gingrich rising right now. Because Newt Gingrich has been, for all intents and purposes, one of the most vocal anti-Obama voices in the Republican Party. I mean, he's a blowhard and he's an ass. I mean, he really is a dick. I mean, Newt Gingrich is full-on dick. I mean, everything he was saying. Just watch the most recent debate. Everything he said, he had this sort of dickish smirk on his face. He's responding to other people like
4: He's a smarmy bastard. There's no doubt about it. And worst of all, he he really embraces his role, which, of course, is not difficult among uh, a group of clown car idiots. Mm -hmm. But he really embraces his role as sort of the pseudo-intellectual of the bunch, which makes him extra unctuous and extra annoying.
3: So the – Republican voters have sort of rummaged their way through. And I'm including in that group, uh, Republican uh, right wing media as well. They've rummaged through all the candidates and they've tried to look at them on the merits of policy and so on. But now they're back to Newt and they were on Newt back in May and June. And now they're back to him again. They've come sort of full. They're starting to lap themselves. And so what they're trying to do now is they've they've kind of eliminated some of these other guys. Herman Cain and uh, Rick Perry and Michelle Bachman had her turn. And before Newt Gingrich uh, back in the spring, there was Donald Trump. So they're done with all those guys. And now all they want is someone who can be a demagogue, who can get in there and say, you know what? President Obama's going to destroy this country and I'm going to do everything I can to oppose President Obama's policies and roll them all back. And that's Newt Gingrich. And so they've landed back on this guy. and it, so But it, it doesn't really matter all of those things that he did wrong when he had his 45 days in the sun. That's irrelevant now. It's almost as if they found all of these mistakes and all of these uh, terrible things, skeletons in the closet and, and gaffes and just ridiculous remarks. And they've said – you know what, now that they've happened, uh, it's in the past, we're just gonna move on with this guy. We're gonna hold hands with Newt Gingrich and march on down the road to Iowa, New Hampshire. And so that's and <laughs> so that's exactly what's going on. And I I, I find it remarkable that that, that even the right wing media is now wrapping their arms around this guy, Newt Gingrich. I mean even Dennis I mean Dennis Miller the other day said <sighs> You're still listening to right-wing radio. Oh, God, help me. Yes. the hell's the matter with uh, you? You know what? I found a second right-wing radio station in this market. Oh, dear Christ. One of those liberal states in the union, I swear to God, and they've got two right-wing radio stations. The other, the one is Salem, uh, Salem Media, and they've got all the sort of the vaguely religious guys and Dennis Miller. And then the other and then they've got this other station here where you got your Laura Ingrams and your uh, Mike Savages, all the sort of the really more uh, wing nutty guys. And so I, I heard Dennis Miller the other day say, uh, you know, I'm coming around with it. I, I really like what Newt Gingrich has to say. <laughs> it with this? So the 80s Dennis Miller is now dead. That was the, <laughs> the last vestige. It's like uh, Anakin turning to the dark side. The last <laughs> bits of Anakin is gone. They're gone. It's na- he's now Darth Vader.
4: Well, the interesting thing, though, is that this all goes back to th- this just sad, pathetic uh, Mitt Romney, not nobody wanting to pay attention to him. I mean, the Republican voters have basically become uh, Mr. Cotter Refusing to call on Arnold Horshack, even though he's the one with his hand raised the highest. You know anybody but Horshack?
3: <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it's so
4: Barberino, you, yeah, Washington. Come on, anybody? Ooh, ooh, ooh! Anybody else? Anybody? <laughs> well, yeah, and so uh,
3: they've so uh, so uh, wrapped their arms around Newt with such gusto. That, uh, that he's, his poll numbers are just gigantic now. I mean, I don't know if you saw the, the most recent poll. They've got a Rasmussen poll that's out today showing Gingrich at 32% in Iowa. 32%. You know, it, wasn't, it was only a couple of months ago. M- Michelle Bachman had Iowa wrapped up. I mean, Michelle Bachman was going to win that primary. But now Newt is up there at thirty-two percent. Second place, Mitt Romney, nineteen percent. I mean, Gingrich has almost doubled the numbers of Mitt Romney. Now suffice to say, Mitt Romney didn't have much of a chance of winning Iowa anyway. Mitt Romney's got his yeah. eyes set, his uh, goal set on uh, New Hampshire. But uh, but this is remarkable at thirty-two percent. I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe it's an outlier. I mean it could very well be. Rasmussen is not the most reliable. Is certainly a Republican pollster. So, yeah, I guess you got to think that maybe if it's a Republican pollster, that maybe they're getting their numbers right when it's all Republicans. Or maybe they're leaning heavy on uber conservative like far right conservatives. So, yeah. Mitt Romney's at 19%, Herman Kane, who was ahead in Iowa last month, is now a third with 13% of the vote. Herman Cain, 13%.
4: Uh, Ron- it would be great if you dropped back to nine nine percent in a bunch of different places. So it was nine 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 percent. <laughs>
3: nine nine nine. Texas Congressman Ron Paul is at ten percent, and uh, Rick Perry and Michelle Bachman are uh, they're both way down there. They're at six percent, right? Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, I guess that's enough for with Rick Perry. But you know what? I, yeah, Iowa is really not. I mean, remember four years ago, uh, Mike Huckabee won Iowa. And then he uh, rapidly fell into the Where Are They Now file.
4: He went off and decided to become a political celebrity and work at Fox News like so many of them. You know, the most pathetic. Which which is where Herman Cain is probably headed.
3: You know, you're a music fan, so you'll really appreciate this. I I tuned in Mike Huckabee one day. And it was, uh, I don't know, it was maybe uh, two years ago. Mike Huckabee, Mike Huckabee does a show on Fox News Channel now. I think it's a weekend show. It's an hour-long show. I don't know how many hours he does. Uh, but he's actually got his own show. And his guest, the, the day I tuned in, happened to be the band Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. They How were his, is that his musical guest. And so, and it's not even yes anymore, really. It's, they've got another singer. They've got one of these YouTube sound alike guys right. singing for yes now. They did that with Journey, where Journey hired a guy they found on YouTube who sounded like Steve Perry.
4: Right, the, the Filipino guy.
3: Yeah. And so, yes, did the same thing. They found a little Canadian guy. And, uh, and now he's singing for yes. So, it was kind of yes, except. With, I, I think it was, I think Mike Huckabee played with the band. And then they had some other guy, I don't know, some other guy playing guitar. Because, you know, Mike Huckabee plays bass guitar. And so they ended I up absolutely. doing, they ended up doing Owner of Only Heart. And it was the most pathetic, oh my God, it was, you want to talk about something that was out of spinal tap, but almost too painful for even spinal tap. It was like, yes, performing, not sort of pseudo, yes. With a YouTube singer performing on the Mike Huckabee show, and yeah, is this That's the <laughs>
4: entire world is the embarrassed, uh, you know, the embarrassed kid. Yeah, <laughs> looking, going, "Pa, Dad, stop!
3: You're
4: <laughs> yeah. embarrassing me."
3: And they're performing a song from 1984 or whatever it was, 1983. Oh, it's, yeah. uh, it was just so painful to watch. I just, I started to get flop sweats for them. That was the only <laughs> time I ever watched yeah, the, the Mike feels- Huckabee show. But yeah. What did you call it? D- douche chills? I've never heard chills. that those?: <laughs> yeah. It's
4: an opium Anthony term.
3: That's <laughs> uh, great. So but yeah, so Newt Gingrich is uh, is back on the top of the heap again. And God only knows, I mean, I, I have no idea where it's going to go from here. I just I really believe that conservative voters have decided to just ignore positions and gaffes. And they're just going with whoever's next on the list. They just they've got a sort of a, a bingo card and they're just checking them off.
4: Well, the thing that I've referenced a couple times on the uh, on the blog over the past few days is uh, yeah, I mean obviously I've, it's not like I just discovered this, but have you seen the you seen the bad lip reading uh, website, the Tumblr, and the one that they did for uh, for Herman Cain?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, right.
4: Yeah, the funny thing is, I keep going back to that recently because. The stuff that they put in his mouth that they overdubbed for that, you know, four minute clip, by and large, is more intelligent than the shit that actually comes out of Kane's mouth. <laughs> right. So it's like every time I see that, I laugh. I'm just like, you know, he says stuff now and I'm just I'm waiting for him to actually say, you know, everybody needs two toucan stubs because it's really only a matter of time.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. That's brilliant. Well, he's going to. I mean, he's what he's saying now is just he's just pulling stuff out of his ass. He yeah, said, yeah I, I'm not supposed to know anything about foreign policy. Staggeringly dumb. We need a. Yeah. And he said, "You know what he said today? He said we need a leader, not a reader."
4: Yeah, that's that's uh, Doctor Seuss uh, crossed with Johnny Co- Cochran cross with a retard. <laughs> it
3: was actually, you know what? They, it was uh, it was from a Simpsons episode, believe it or not. I think Homer Simpson had like a slogan about wanting to vote for a, a leader and not a
4: reader. I did read that somewhere. I, I didn't see that particular episode, but I saw somebody mention that on Twitter.
3: So he borrowed his 999 policy from SimCity and you always know he's borrowing lines from The Simpsons. Well,
4: from, um, from Homer Simpson. That's definitely the kind of guy I want being president.
3: Today's show brought to you as always by BubbleGenius.com. Pure products, pure genius, Bubble Genius. It's the best goddamn soap ever. Here now is their... Uh, their latest commercial, if I can find... Oh, here it is, here.
1: Ah, I just love my new gingerbread man soap. Mmm, smells just like the real thing. Except it lathers up with awesome soapy suds. Hey! What the... Haha, <laughs> can't catch me! Hey, your soap, you're not supposed to talk. Can't catch me! Just try!
0: What the... Hey, where are you going? Can't catch me! Hey, come on! You're my delicious
1: soap! I need you!
0: I need your gingerbready bubbles! So does the world, lady! It's that time of year, and I'm off to bring scrumptious suds to all the good boys and girls the world over. But
1: you're my soap! Hey, get over here! I, I, I'm gonna get you! Would you get over here?! No, can't catch me!
0: Can't Catch Me, Gingerbread Man Soap, and other handmade brilliant bath and body, only from Bubble Genius.
3: Bubbles guaranteed. Talking not included. Actual soap will not run away.
1: BubbleGenius.com! <laughs> Shove okay.
0: Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes.
3: Do it. Make sure to enter your promo code, Bob and BobandChez, B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, and get 15% off your entire order from BubbleGenius.com. Uh, they, the Bubble Genius lady's cracking me up this week. That's funny. Hmm. I like that disclaimer at the end. Uh... Here's something that I, I absolutely wanted to talk about a little bit uh, early on in the show. Uh, and this is a story out of Washington uh, or out of the from the Huffington Post. His sniffles began during the speech, but it wasn't until after House Speaker John Boehner stepped down from the podium <laughs> during a Wednesday ceremony at, at the Capitol that the bawling started. Boehner was one of several Hill leaders who gave remarks at an event honoring astronauts John Glenn, Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, and Buzz Aldrin with the Congressional Gold Medal. Congress approved the medal in July 2009 to mark the 40th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. Quote, Neil Armstrong was once asked, why did you, this one man, choose to speak for all when you set foot on the lunar service? As it turns out, there was no script. There were no notes, Boehner said. When the moment came, Neil's thoughts turned to 400,000 people who worked on the project. And so he goes on and on. And then... As Boehner lined up to present Armstrong with a medal in front of the crowd, the weeping began. An attendee said, "At the ceremony, said Boehner's strong emotional reaction was startling."
4: (laughs) Boehner spoke startling in in a "What the fuck is the matter with him?" kind of way.
3: That's exactly right. Uh, Boehner's public display is
4: that that a grown orange man crying?
3: It's unbelievable. I mean, if you
4: look at the pictures, this is what they're thinking. That's that's the startling part of it.
3: It's really. Kind of disturbing at this point. If you look at the pictures, I included a, a series of four pictures that I worked from the Huffington Post. Uh, I put them on uh, on BobSuska com. This is a guy. He doesn't just weep or he just doesn't cry. Like sometimes he blubber.
4: He, he blubbers. blubbers.
3: That's exactly right. Yeah. You're
4: exactly right. He he gets there's there's something there's something cool. I'm the first one to say it. There's something very sort of cool when you get emotional and there's sort of a tear in your eye and you're, yeah. you know you can you can pull that off yeah. you know especially if you don't do it too often um, you know you can pull it off you can make that really work for you um, but yeah the the, bl- the blubbering <laughs> you know like somebody just took his whoobie away <laughs> right his face gets all contorted and his nose
3: starts running I mean it's really like it's really like someone who you know who's watching his dog get euthanized I mean, it's really awful. Like, I mean, he gets like really his face, his chin gets all like wrinkly and and pockmarked, and his, his mouth makes a frowny face, and his voice gets all broken up. It's it's really there's really something wrong with him, it. and it could be one of a couple of things. I think, and it's either one his alcoholism, and I think he's an alcoholic. I I mean, he's notorious for spending a lot of times a lot of time in the bars on the hill drinking smoking cigarettes so i mean maybe he's just maybe he's just so poisoned maybe his body is just so toxic with booze that he just he's got he just breaks down easily or maybe the booze has interfered in some way with his hormone levels i, I mean i think i'm at the point now where i'm thinking maybe he just has a really elevated estrogen level or something in his i have no idea what it could possibly be but he, he it's either that Or the third option is that he's just having a nervous breakdown because that (laughs) it almost seems like, you know, that and I'm I'm going back to this. I know it's not relevant to anybody listening, but, you know, I've been watching MASH lately and it's one of my all time favorite shows. And now it's on TV land. I watch it all all time. I watch maybe two episodes a night that get T-vote and there was that the, the big MASH finale when Hawkeye is talking about the chicken. And he finally, yeah. he finally opens up to Sydney and, and screams out, It was a baby! And he just falls to pieces. That's the kind of crying that John mm. Boehner is doing. Now, I have some audio here. I compiled some greatest hits of John Boehner crying. And as I'm, as I'm putting this stuff down, you know, it's not, it's not sad to me. Like, when you watch someone cry, you almost feel sympathy for them. And go, yeah you know what, this is a tragic thing. I I can completely understand, you know, as you were talking about it, you you see someone tearing up a little bit and
4: you say, you know what, Mm, go get them. Please, please. What's that? Carmen's all by myself as a music bed for this.
3: (laughs) I wish, oh, I wish I had thought of it. You know, I I put these together maybe five minutes before we started the show. So I was only able to get uh, just a handful of them. But my point being is they sound... It just makes me laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> here's the... Because we're bastards. Here's right, Here's John Bader Trying to
0: talk about uh, uh, the fact that I've been chasing uh, the American dream my whole career. There's some, some things that are re- very difficult to talk about. Family, uh, kids. I can't go to a school My anymore. vagina. I used to go to a lot of schools.
4: <laughs> oh, that's so funny! I'm having this problem with my
3: vagina.
4: <laughs> I love this. We're like bullies. Yeah, yeah you really, really, You're really crying, are. pussy. Yeah,
3: why? Uh, act like a man.
4: You know, you're gonna, like, gonna act like a man. <laughs> like you can
3: act like a man. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. yeah, like uh, Don Corleone with uh, Johnny Fontaine <laughs> in the.
4: You know, what's, what's good is at least this time, I, I, when I heard that he, that he had cried again, at least this time, he actually cried for someone else. Yeah. Generally, when he cries, somebody pointed out, the the uh, the worst thing about when Boehner decides to just go bawling is he generally does it not when he's affected by, like we joked about, like his dead puppy or something like that. It's because of, of how great his life is. Yeah. Like whenever he starts talking <laughs> about, I came up... Out of nothing. And now this is America. He's like, he's got that Glenn Beck crying thing. That's right. Which is apparently America just does that to him. It just, you know, it just makes him all go all weak in the knees.
3: Big crocodile tears. Here, And it gets worse. This I, We haven't even gotten through the first crying jag here. Here's There's more.
4: You see all these little
0: kids running around. Can't talk about it. Why? Uh... Uh, making sure uh, that these kids have a shot at the American dream. There it is. God. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> uh,
3: making so sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back here. <laughs> this is so <laughs> goddamn funny. It's Tito, so goddamn get me funny. some tissue.
4: Stop teasing <laughs> Jermaine. <laughs>
3: stop teasing Jermaine. Tito, stop teasing.
4: That's right. Oh, my God.
3: Let's get this. This last part is so effing brilliant. Listen.
0: Uh, That these kids have a shot at the American dream. My God. It's important.
3: It's your, your speaker of the house John Boehner you're gonna, you're
4: gonna cry come on I, just, I can totally see little Johnny Boehner getting the shit kicked out of him on the playground <laughs> Scott, you know Scott Farkas chasing him chasing him through an alley you're gonna cry little Johnny Boehner
3: oh
0: uh, here's more
4: I spent my whole life <laughs>
0: Chasing the American dream. <laughs> 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 Woo! There are a lot of my colleagues have heard me make this statement that I didn't come here to be a congressman.
3: Is that, now he's sounding drunk. He's sounding like vaudevillian drunk. I didn't come here to be a congressman. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> <You know. laughs> it was, it's
0: tears. He's crying. <laughs> I came here to do something. <laughs> And I think the top of our list is providing for the safety and security of the American people.
4: He's either drunk or he's doing a Thomas Menino impression. I'm not sure
3: which. (laughs) Oh, God.
4: (laughs) We suck, man. Oh, God.
3: (laughs) But, I mean, this is, again, these are the guys who are trying to paint... President Obama is being some effete San Francisco gay man, and right. this is and this is their leader. This is the Speaker of the House. That was uh, the wrong sound. This, 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 <laughs> that's not
4: exactly what I was doing.
3: But, uh, this is John. No, that,
4: that's actually the Super Committee music that you just
0: played. <laughs> right.
4: It's providing for the safety and security of the American people.
0: That's at uh, the top of our list. After 3,000 of our fellow citizens died at the hands of these terrorists, when are we going to stand up and take them on? A lot of you know I started out mopping oh, floors, God. waiting tables, and tending bar at my dad's tavern. I put my myself through school. Unbelievable. And, um, and every night shift I could find. And... I poured my heart and soul into running a small business.
1: <laughs> oh my God. So there
0: you go. It's John, the, John
3: the, Boehner. the Jerry
4: Sandusky victim number 12 news conference that eventually happens will not be like that.
3: <laughs> no. Ungoddamn um, believable. And, you know, again, I, I think just listening to it uh, and, and hearing it up close, focusing on some of the, the, the points in time when he really breaks up and starts slurring his words. It does sound like he's just been just drinking. Just like dr- like lapping it up like a
4: dog. Yeah. No, I think you I think you're right. I mean, I know that when I when I drink a lot, which is all the time, Usually, usually, I'm uh, um, not I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not like a, a sad drunk, but usually it, it does soften your emotions. So, like the next yeah, day, yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, crap. <laughs> of course, that's usually because I did something really awful the night before, and I woke up and just realized it.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you put together, if you create sort of a perfect storm, if you if you put together a perfect storm of tear jerking things, you've had you've had maybe uh, five six shots. Of something, or maybe like a whole bottle of uh, red wine or something, and then you put in the uh, the six feet under finale, and you watch <laughs> right. the, the last five <laughs> exactly. minutes of six feet under finale, and so then maybe maybe then you're just you're a little emotional and you start you start you just can't. You can't control yourself, and you just start bawling. Was, oh,
4: no, you know what though. Uh, in all honesty, I wasn't drunk. I bawled my eyes out at that. The last six minutes Six Feet Under. No. Oh my God, I was a freaking baby.
3: Now, and see, and there are there are moments in time when I've I've sort of lost my spadoinkle. I, you know, I I haven't been shy about saying on on the show that uh, election night two thousand four, after it was determined that there's no way John Kerry was going to pull that one out, I kind of hmm. sat in my garage and just. And just lost my, I just completely lost it, and just started crying, and then uh, and then of course, yeah, I just completely sober. The, the first time I saw that six feet under finale, you just can't get beyond that. Sia track and
4: it just, see you breathe me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I've I've written about it. I write a lot about my personal shit. So yeah, I mean, I've gone through times before when I was a freaking blubbery mess. But yeah, I mean. I like I like a certain amount of sensitivity from people. I like people. You know what? Put it this way. You know they always say you you shouldn't be afraid to cry. There's nothing wrong with being afraid to cry, and there's nothing wrong with crying. But to make it a habit is a real when you're when you're uh, you know a United States lawmaker is a real problem. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's right. Well, and to do it so often in public, like I'm not going to yeah. sit here and start talking about. The, the time John Kerry lost the election, and you start going, and then George Bush
0: <laughs> was president for four more years, and it was all because of Ohio.
3: <laughs> That's not going to happen. And and I don't know what what's the trigger, what causes someone to behave like that, not only on the floor of the United States House of Representatives, but also yeah. on 60 goddamn minutes all nice. the time. And it's not just once or twice. This is happening like every month. There's another story. It, John Boehner lost his schpedoinkle on national. And, it, and it does
4: seem like he's a method actor. Like he's like he <laughs> like you said. Like he's going back to some point in his life so that he can make himself cry. Yeah. You know, like he's pulling a he's pulling a a, a Brando a Brando and just coming up with whatever his deepest darkest moment. He wouldn't give her a rose. Why, why didn't he give her the rose? Why did he give it to the other woman? <laughs>
3: And that's just it. Uh, there's something, something's going on with that guy's chemistry that is, is just, uh, it's, and I don't know if it's serious or not. I don't know if it's something serious enough to, uh, to force him out or to question whether or not he's got any sort of ability to carry on his post as not only United States congressman, but the Speaker of the House. The most important member of the House of Representatives, basically, breaks down in tears at the drop of a hat all the time. So I think if there's anything that could be a problem, it's that, you know, like I said, he's got that, you know, that serious kind of drinking like, you know, drinking like a dog. here. He's got a big old dog bowl full of sherry or something, and he's just (laughs) lapping like big like he's got like a bag
4: with a bottle of ripple in there. The fact that he loses it as often as he does, though, really is sort of the icing on the on the crazy cake. Um, When it comes to Republican politics, Mm -hmm. I mean, look, all politicians can be nuts these days, but we all know the the Republicans really are a a special breed. It's a clown car these days. And the idea that on top of all of these candidates and all of these these people who've just gone completely over the over the edge, you know, they don't know anything. They say uh, talk out of the side, out of the side of their mouth and then out of their ass and, you know, say shit that makes absolutely no sense. And then on top of all of that, you have. Uh, John Boehner crying at, at regular intervals.
3: That's right. That's right. You combine all of these things and you just get it. It's just a recipe. It's
4: a TV. It's a reality
3: TV show. Exactly. And they're controlling half of the legislative branch of the federal government. And that's scary. And that's really damn scary. But you know what? Sometimes they get together with the Democrats and they come up with something that's I mean, this is this might be the scariest story of the week. This protect IP. Oh, no, I know Act. where you're
4: going. I know where you're going with this one.
3: This uh, protect IP Act was passed out of committee uh, yesterday. This is bad, bad news for all of us. I mean, especially those of us who write blogs. I don't know if you're familiar with this thing. It's uh, it's basically a law that goes after you know file sharing and intellectual property, but it's essentially granting large media corporations the right to basically shut down and take over the Internet. So they can essentially say, you know what, you've got a picture from the AP on your website. Screw you. We're losing. We're blocking your domain. Uh, We're shutting down your website. And then we're going to sue you. I mean, that's ultimately where this law goes. And it's just, again, it's death by a thousand cuts. They passed this one piracy thing. There's already several anti-file sharing laws on the books. What they're doing is they're moving the law closer and closer to just choking off independent media, choking off file share, choking off social media, because this is going to impact Twitter, Facebook and so on. I've got you know. I'm not going to even do it justice describing it fully. I put together this, uh, this audio. Uh, of, it was actually originally a video that was up on was either Hulu or Vimeo or something like that uh, from an organization called uh, Fight for the Future. And they put together. It's about four minutes long. Bear with it because at the end, it's really, really important at the end. So stick with this. And you'll get a, a, an idea of what this Protect
1: IP Act is all about. The Internet is one of the United States' most robust and growing industries. It enables free and open communication among billions, and it's been the backbone of protests around the world. But a new bill proposes we give the power to censor the Internet to the entertainment industry. It's called Protect IP, and here's how it works. Private corporations want the ability to shut down unauthorized sites where people download movies, TV shows, and music. Since most of these sites are outside U.S. jurisdiction, Protect IP uses a couple different tactics within American borders. Firstly, it gives the government the power to make U.S. Internet providers block access to infringing domain names. They can also sue U.S.-based search engines, directories, or even blogs and forums to have links to these sites removed. Secondly, Protect IP gives corporations and the government the ability to cut off funds to infringing websites by having U.S.-based advertisers and payment services cancel those accounts. In a nutshell, that's what Protect IP will try to do, but in all likelihood, it'll do something else altogether. For starters, it won't stop downloaders. You'll still be able to access a blocked site just by entering its IP address instead of its name. What Protect IP will do is cripple new startups because it also lets companies sue any site they feel isn't doing their filtering well enough. These lawsuits could easily bankrupt new search engines and social media sites. And Protect IP's wording is ambiguous enough that important social media sites could become targets. Lots of trailblazing websites could look like piracy havens to the wrong judge. Tumblr, SoundCloud, and early YouTube, wherever people express themselves, make art, broadcast news, or organize protests, there's plenty of TV footage, movie clips, and copyrighted music mixed in. And even if you trust the U.S. government not to abuse their new power to censor the net, what about the countries that follow in our path and pass similar laws? People around the world will have very different internets, and unscrupulous governments will have powerful tools to hinder free expression. But perhaps most dangerously, Protect IP will meddle with the inner workings of the net. Experts believe by fiddling with the web's registry of domain names, the result will be less security and less stability. In short, Protect IP won't stop piracy, but it will introduce vast potential for censorship and abuse while making the web less safe and less reliable. This is the internet we're talking about. It's a vital and vibrant medium, and our government is tampering with its basic structure so people will maybe buy more Hollywood movies. But Hollywood movies don't get grassroots candidates elected. They don't overthrow corrupt regimes, and the entire entertainment industry doesn't even contribute that much to our economy. The internet does all these and more. Corporations already have tools to fight piracy. They have the power to take down specific content, to sue peer-to-peer software companies out of existence, and to sue journalists just for talking about how to copy a DVD. They have a history of stretching and abusing their powers. They tried to take a baby video off YouTube just for the music playing in the background. They've used legal penalties written for large-scale commercial piracy to go after families and children. They even sued to ban the VCR and the first mp3 players. So the question is, how far will they take all this? The answer at this point is obvious. As far as we'll let them. Since we made this video, Protect IP has gotten much worse and is set up for quick passage. Now, the government and corporations could block any site, foreign or domestic, just for one infringing link. Sites like YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook would have to censor their users or get shut down, since they become liable for everything users post. And ordinary users could go to jail for five years for posting any copyrighted work, even just singing a pop song.
3: Staggering. Yeah. Mm. If you want to uh, sign a petition to help... uh fight this thing because you know we're only now learning about it it's only now making sort of semi-national news that now that it's passed out of committee with bipartisan support the bill was sponsored by patrick leahy for god's sake liberal champion patrick leahy uh you know thank god for guys like ron wyden though ron wyden senator wyden is uh is putting a, a block on he's blocking the bill and so we need to get this guy's back. We need to get Ron Wyden's back, and make sure that he ke- keeps ho- putting a hold on this damn thing, so that it doesn't pass. It just dies in the Senate. Uh, because this is—I mean, this is very, very dangerous. This is a dangerous bill. This is a, this is a bill. This is an anti-free speech bill. Now, these guys, the record industry, which I, I kind of have a history of fighting the record industry with cartoons, but the uh, the record industry and the uh, and the the Motion Picture Association are functioning under this uh, like 1970s idea of piracy where it's like, you know, that episode of what's happening where rerun tries to smuggle a a film camera like a super eight film camera into a concert and gets arrested or something like that. That's what they're thinking that they're you know, that it's all about guys selling bootleg copies of movies on street corners. But it's not. I mean, what they fail to realize is that the Internet is a massive tool for them to use people sharing videos. Sharing videos they find on of music videos. Like, Chez, you and I do this all the time. We put a music video on our blog just about every day. This is not stealing. This, we are promoting their product. We're
4: promoting, yeah. Uh, what, uh, I was, for a long time, Warner. Uh, refused to to put their stuff up on YouTube, and I wrote something right. about it. I, you know, for a while I didn't write about it because I just sort of felt like it. You know, it's pissing into the wind. Um, but you know, when I'm a big My Chemical Romance fan, so when the new My Chemical Romance came out, you know, this is a few years back. Um, you know, I got pissed and, and I said, I'm like, I'd love to be able to bring you the new videos because I like this band and I'm happy to promote them, but Warner won't let me. They don't allow, you know, their stuff isn't up on YouTube and, and even the stuff that's up there now, a lot of it, they won't let you embed. And, and I get the idea that maybe, maybe if people come to my site and let's say I'm making a couple of freaking cents off of ads, I'm making a little bit of beer money, that maybe you can make the argument that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm making money off of that music, but what I'm making off of that music compared to what they're making through the promotion is yeah. – it's just – it's an absurd comparison. And the problem is that the technology for dispersal of music and film, uh, that kind of media has outpaced the ability for uh, these sort of you know very antiquated companies to get a handle on it and it you know and yeah it's and it's really kind of screwing them uh, it's screwing them horribly and and all they know how to do is to crack down in the most draconian way possible you know about this uh this uh proposal it's weird because i i don't necessarily trust the government But I'm much less wary of government crackdowns on personal freedoms than I am of crackdowns based on, say, the bottom line. When corporations get involved and put pressure on the government to protect their ability to make money. Right. Which, you know, I get that an argument can be made that that's pretty much the way it is across the board to to some extent. I know that there are a lot of people on the the left who would say that. But, you know, I think you get my meaning. I'm less concerned with, say – like the echelon satellite snooping around my email and and uh, you know listening to my phone calls than I am with a large entity that wants to make money given carte blanche to protect its interests in whatever way it sees fit and that's what this bill does. Yeah. It basically says, oh yeah, we'll go along with you. Sure, you want to you know you want to smash anybody who you think is is standing in the way of you being able to rake in a couple of extra cents. Fine, screw it. We're behind you. There's
3: there's a difference here of you know for example today i noticed that facebook is tracking what you're reading so if you go to your your news feed you can see what other facebook friends are reading right now yeah you know, it's like so and so is looking at the huffington post article about child molestation Oh really?
4: <laughs> it's creepy creepy stuff. It, it is very <laughs> creepy
3: stuff. But you know what this I've is? I've
4: actually stopped I'll say this, I've actually stopped going to certain websites because I'm always afraid that like somewhere Google is putting together like this list of <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not paranoid about anything at all. I am really. Yeah. But I'm I'm always worried that like I'm not I don't give a crap what the government thinks, but I'm worried that, that at some point Google is putting together this list of like shit to send me. You know, based on the on the crap that I search, like, you know, at some point, they're going to realize that I have a fondness for, you know, Asian midget porn. And I'm going to (laughs) start getting stuff like I'm going to start getting mailers for that.
3: That's this is all very dangerous. But what's the broader picture here is that corporations are using media corporations specifically are using their clout and their lobbyists to edge out independent voices. So. Slowly but surely, they're marginalizing. They're using their money and their power to marginalize uh, independent media uh, under the guise of saying, "You know what? We're going after the person who's sharing that Metallica song." And so, you know, they're they're going after BitTorrent. But meanwhile, what's happening is they're shutting out, uh, you know, free speech, and to the point where. Their share of the Internet, the corporate share of the Internet is getting larger and the independent share of the Internet is getting smaller by a series of a thousand cuts. So they're going to get to the point where none of us are going to be able to, to get anywhere near proprietary information. How are we going to report on the news of the day without citing a source or using a photograph? I mean, this isn't even about our ability to post a music video and our blog getting shut down because of it. it it's it's even more vital than that in as they can shut us down for reporting the news because the news is then owned by, you know, X Y Z all all the way up to News Corp, you know, or General Electric, where they say no, you can't have that. That's ours. We're that's, shutting. You. That's taking we're, it to the most
4: extreme. Uh, uh, most extreme, but certainly there's an argument to be made that that is sort of the logical conclusion
3: yeah well and, and that may not happen with this bill, though it is possible, as it was outlined in that uh, that audio we played but it's again they 've gone that far, they passed that bill, then what 's next and I hate to you know use the sort of the domino theory uh, that was so popular during the Cold War, but this <laughs> is how they end up moving that window and and sort of elbowing out. Anyone who's not, uh, you know, a massive uh, media conglomeration.
4: This is how we wage war in Indochina.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a war of attrition is what it is. They're just going to slowly but surely wear down the resistance, and that's going to be the end. I mean, that's, uh, so we have, to, we have to draw a line in the sand now. We have to support yeah. Ron Wyden, and we have to support uh, this uh, this website. If you would go to fightforthefuture.org slash... PIPA, you can sign the petition there.
4: And and it really does go back to the idea of of kind of like the whole 99% versus 1% argument to begin with, which is, are you really having that much trouble making money? I mean, really, is the entertainment industry, is the internet really killing? I mean, honestly, like killing the entertainment industry. Are they still not raking in massive amounts of money? Are the record companies still not making big bucks? They are. You know, I mean, have they taken a hit and have they had to... Uh, figure out, have they had to become much more clever when it comes to the way that they stop pirates? Yeah, of course. But that's, you know, that's progress. That's progress. That's the progression of things. There's no way around it. Um, But yeah, I mean, giving them the power to crack down on every little thing in an effort to make sure that they collect every little cent is just ridiculous.
3: Right. And it's, you know, in a perfect world, it would be all about, well, you know what, we're, we're doing quite well for ourselves. We here at uh, Capitol Records or e- EMI, we're doing, you know, we're uh, Paramount, we're doing okay, uh, you know, this is good. We don't need to go down. We don't need to sue some kid who posted a baby video that happens to have "Welcome to the Jungle" playing or whatever the hell it was playing in the background.
4: You know, we don't need to sue I, them because uh, we're, we're. When I read the, uh, I have to say this. When I read, um, uh, you know, because I've been reading that uh, uh, the stuff on this bill for the past couple of days. But when you posted that thing today, and I, and I took a look at it, the first thing I did is I went back to a video that I put up. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, like a few months ago of my daughter of my three-year-old daughter dancing around the living room while judas priest played in the background i just happened to she was you know sitting in front of me and i just happened to stumble across on palladia you know like a priest concert and she starts like going crazy it was hilarious It's, (laughs) it's you know hysterical stuff and the second i put it up on youtube i immediately got what i have to assume is probably sort of a robo uh uh email that said this is in danger of violating copyright uh, Warner or whatever, whatever, oh, whatever. Um, and I went back and double checked and it's still up. So, I mean, you know, I don't know whether there's actually a person there sitting there saying, oh, you know, we'll let that slide. Who gives a crap. It's a little kid and, and it's in the background and, you know, um, or or if they just haven't gotten around to it or God only knows. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, I, there, there's always the possibility that, that the video of my three-year-old kid dancing around to Judas Priest mm-hmm. is going to get taken down for vi- for violating copyright yeah
3: i, I mean i want to i want to continue talking about this after the break but we got to get to bubble genius sure. w- way late uh show brought to you always as uh, as as it always is by bubblegenius.com it's uh it's my favorite soap i use it here all the time and if you uh are interested in shopping for the holidays and getting all that done without waiting in phenomenally long lines on black friday screw you Encroaching on Thanksgiving, damn you!
1: Ah, I just love my new gingerbread man soap. Mmm, smells just like the real thing, except it lathers up with awesome soapy suds. Hey, what the? <laughs> Can't catch me! Hey, your soap. You're not supposed to talk. Can't catch me. Just try. What
0: the? Hey, where are you going? Can't catch me. Hey, come on! You're my delicious soap! I need you! I need your gingerbready bubbles! So does the world, lady! It's that time of year and I'm off to bring scrumptious suds to all the good boys and girls the world over. But you're
2: my
1: soap! Hey, get over here! I, I, I'm gonna get you! Would you get over here! No, can't catch me!
0: Can't Catch Me, Gingerbread Man Soap, and other handmade brilliant bath and body, only from Bubble Genius.
4: Bubbles guaranteed. Talking not included. Actual soap will not run away.
0: BubbleGenius.com! <laughs> the Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show.
3: And that promo code is Bob and Chez, B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, and get 15% off your whole order from BubbleGenius.com as you do all of your holiday shopping. And, uh, you know, I want to talk more about this uh, intellectual property business and the Protect IP Act. Uh... What I wanted to mention was uh, it's, it's, you know, it's no longer about saying that we as Paramount or whoever have enough money, we're doing okay, you know, this, this is just a small-time guy posting a stupid video on YouTube, who cares? Uh, what it comes down to now are CEOs who come in and they need to show in a very short period of time, because these contracts with some of these CEOs are very finite, they need to show a, a profit, and they need to show a bigger profit than the previous guy. So what they will do is work out any way possible to increase their numbers, you know, fiscal term after fiscal term. What they're doing is they're desperately trying to appease their, uh, their board of directors and their shareholders, and, uh, and so they engage in some of these pissant uh, routines where they're just where they're going after the wrong people. And, uh, well, you know, here's an example of how things used to be back in the old days. You know, if you posted something that uh, was a little risky, here's a good example. I know of a website. It was a, a big portal, entertainment portal website. And they ran these cartoons, which were remixes of G.I. Joe animated shorts. And what they did is they took the the G.I. Joe footage and then dubbed in new audio and turned them into Oh, that
4: was great stuff. (laughs) Hilarious. The Fensler films? Fensler Fensler films.
3: That's exactly right. And I I forget who it was. It was – shoot. Because I got one of these too because I was running the Fensler film shorts on my site. And I forget what corporation it was. I want to say it was – it wasn't Hearst – it was, Hasbro. uh, ha- yeah, it was Hasbro. That's exactly Hasbro, right.
4: Hasbro makes Hasbro puts out GI Joe. Yeah,
3: that's exactly right. It was Hasbro. And so Hasbro sent us all cease and desist orders. They sent them to Fensler. I got one. Uh, and it's always scary. You get a, like a massive mega corporation like Hasbro saying, you know what? It, from their lawyers, take this down or else we're, you're doomed. We're going to F you nine different ways in, in all of your various holes. And uh, that's not fun to get. Uh, I got to a certain point where I got so many of them that, uh, b- because of cartoons <laughs> that I got used to it. And I actually used to find them quite hilarious. I-, I did get one from Hearst because of a cartoon I did about Popeye. I got one uh, about a, a cartoon, series of cartoons I did about SpongeBob, which you can see on YouTube, believe it or not, because someone pirated them and put them on YouTube.
4: You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just going to bring up how the corporation guys remind me of Mr. Krabs constantly, you know, uh, every little penny. Got to get that penny.
3: Well, so the idea is that, you know, they would send these cease and desist orders and some of us would take the stuff down, you know, uh, you know, or we would ignore them. I once did a cartoon about uh, Dick Vital, where Dick vital it's called Dick Vital Goes Ape Shit. And it's Dick Vital. and it's a cartoon of him. Uh, on a, during one of his you know, NCAA, NCAA basketball pregame shows, and he's so enthusiastic about basketball that he can do them under various heinous circumstances. Like he jams a rusty farm tool in his head, but he's able to keep going. Sure. And Dick Vitale hated this. He, his lawyers ordered me to take it down, but I didn't take it down. It was, you know, it's free speech. It's satire. I'm allowed to do that. So I didn't take it down. This other website I was t- telling you about before had the Fensler Films G.I. Joe shorts up. They didn't take them down either. I took them down. I just didn't want any arguments with Hasbro, especially since they're so involved in the animation industry. Who knows? They might one day want to be a client. So I took them down. But you know what they can do if you don't take them down? They used to just, the next step after sending a cease and desist order was, would be, you know, they'd engage in a lawsuit. And no, no one wants to engage in an expensive long drawn out lawsuit against a small website so a lot of times they just wouldn't do that now the music industry will the recording industry will they've occasionally made examples of people but it hasn't really happened broadly what they can do now with this bill is they can actually just shut you down they just go in and find out your your domain name and shut down the the website at the domain name level The DNS server will then suddenly lose, you know, deusxmalcontent.com. Lovely. Yeah. So that's what what the Protect IP Act can do. It adds, it, it makes going after perceived pirates much, much easier. People who, you know, are using in some way, some of it perfectly innocent, others not so innocent, intellectual property. And this is... Extraordinarily dangerous, especially when you have, and and the, the audio we played before kind of touched on this. When you have ninety-year-old judges, you know, handing down decisions on things they barely understand. You got Ted Stevens type people. Y'all remember Ted Stevens, who described the internet series as a of series of tubes, right? Presiding, you know, when he was alive, he presided in the Senate. He presided over the. The committee that regulated the Internet. The guy who called the Internet a series of tubes. And you can't just dump things on them like a big truck. And so it's, it's so dangerous. And the repercussions could be disastrous. Especially for those of us who have blogs and rely upon news and news photography and, uh, and video and all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, I just can't underscore how, how bad this is. It's just bad, bad news. But anyway... Speaking of which, I just wanted to mention this to you, uh, Chez, and get your take on this, uh, just wrapping up at this point. Uh, It was announced this past week that Chelsea Clinton was hired by NBC News. NBC News now (laughs) employs uh, Chelsea Clinton, son of President Clinton. uh, uh, Jenna Bush, George W. Bush's daughter. uh, Ron Reagan Jr., Ronald Reagan's son.
4: Nobody does nepotism like NBC. Nobody. (laughs) John McCain's daughter. John McCain's daughter.
3: Meghan McCain. And, uh, you know, Luke Russert, Tim Russert's son. Not a president. And if
4: you want to, and since uh, as far as I know, NBC owns uh, Access Hollywood, you've got Billy Bush as well.
0: Oh, God. If you want to take
4: it that far. But, yeah, I mean, it's almost not worth getting angry about. I mean, I, I didn't write anything at all about it. Not one thing. Because, it, um, because so, it, at this point i I've come to expect it the the nepotism the N in NBC stands for nepotism yeah. um, the nepotism at NBC is is ridiculous and the worst part about it is that you don't even have to be a journalist you don't have to be anything approaching a journalist mm-hmm. to be able to uh, to be a journalist on NBC NBC has basically become the uh, uh, the Senate or congressional seat where, you know, Sonny Bono gets uh, killed in a skiing accident or something, and Mary Bono immediately gets to go in and take his place.
3: (laughs) Right. So, I mean, certainly there is a long line of very qualified journalists and producers around the block.
4: Right, but they're looking for names. They don't care about that. They want names. Nothing proves better that it's not really about genuine content or ability. It's about, you know, what they can sell. That's the reason Al Sharpton has a show on MSNBC. That's Jesus.
3: Right. That's exactly. Al Sharpton oh my God, can't
4: right. even fucking string three words together without <laughs> tripping over his own tongue.
3: I wish I had the audio, audio prepared of Al Sharpton. I don't have it right here in front of me. It's so funny. Um, yeah, and it's just, it doesn't help journalistic integrity. You just don't. If you're hiring people just because of their name, well, the name doesn't make a better news story. Or doesn't dig deeper into
4: an important issue.
3: It just uh, sells books, you know. In yep. case uh, ratings. But
4: that's that's what they care about. And no, you know, I mean, I've had a, I've had issues with NBC going back a long time because I used to work there for a long time, and I love NBC. I mean, I, I to me it was it was the gold standard, it was the place I wanted to work growing up. And they they do self promotion and you know uh, cross promotion and nepotism, and it's just it's just one big factory of promoting itself and and uh doing whatever it can to make a buck now That's right.
3: well uh i wanted to uh mention too you know what we don't we're not going to be doing a show next week because it's thanksgiving okay next thursday because we record the show on thursdays uh is uh, thanksgiving day so we're gonna we're gonna take a week off and have a little little break from doing the show
4: but we will that, certainly- You know what that? That makes John Boehner cry.
3: <laughs> That's right. We're going to be back uh, the following week with a very special announcement regarding the uh, future
4: expansion
3: of the Bob and Chez franchise
4: The Empire.
3: Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Drive safely. See you next week. Bye bye. Yeah.
0: Uh, making sure. Uh, that these kids have a shot at the American dream like I did. It's important.